Kittam, a creator and entrepreneur. And I'm Danielle Alexandra, a stylist and content creator. And we are In, In Case, Case You, you Haven't Heard, Heard Podcast. Podcast. We're giving you the behind the scenes and an inside scoop of what really goes down. So you know exactly what the fuck is going on. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of In Case You Haven't Heard. This episode is coming to you live just in time for Valentine's Day. The favorite holiday. Are you excited for Valentine's Day? <laughs> Do you have a Valentine? Um, I might have a Valentine. You might have I definitely a have a Valentine, um, but I won't disclose <laughs> who my Valentine is. Um, have they asked you? Like, not in the traditional sense, but... Right, right. Like, Just will implied? you be my Valentine? <laughs> yeah. Do people I've do that? I've seen all these videos online, and it's these, like, sketches or these, like, commentary. This is my husband for 10 years, and he still needs to ask me to be his Valentine. His Valentine. I should make him I ask know. me. That would be fun. Yeah, you should. No, but I, I have, I think it was implied, but also like, oh, it's Valentine's Day on Sunday. Do you want to like do something? And I was like, okay. So it's more At like. At least you can do something. I mean, yeah. He's in my close bubble, right? <laughs> um, but I think this year, Valentine's Day, for any of you guys celebrating, is going to be a fun little at-home make him cook for you wine and dine you experience because <laughs> you have to get creative you can't just rely on the restaurants to like cook up a fancy meal and you have to put absolutely no effort into like you need to do the work so i think this is going to be the ultimate test for all of you with boyfriends or fuck buddies <laughs> yeah for sure i mean i'm usually not a valentine's day fan because of the packed restaurants and because of the the like hype of it all what do you normally do so i usually just go for dinner oh you do okay yeah but i mean everyone does that it was you don't so, love it you just you do it but you're not like just i don't fan. love it mm -hmm. because i i i don't love it the reason why i don't love it is because i say like i don't want it to be just one day of mm. the year i mean obviously you have to like keep up the romance throughout mm -hmm. and I mean, how romantic is Michael? Way. I also, <laughs> I also really don't like cheesy romance things okay. because it makes me really uncomfortable. Maybe it has something to do with how I receive stuff more than anything. And your else. love language, but in your love language, probably yeah, that's true. Because you don't like that's receiving true. gifts, or do you? I like acts of service. Mm. So, like, if he cooked, that would be better, Michael. If you're listening, me. please <laughs> cook for Danielle. Except maybe just like hire a chef. <laughs> Well, maybe this is where we fall into the issue here. Your fucking standards are high as fuck. Yes. Well, there you go. I remember, oh my God, I felt so bad. So I am the worst, the worst person when I open a gift and I don't like it. Oh my God. I just Danielle. like cannot pull myself together. You can't I cannot fake it? pull myself together. No, it's really hard for me. Wait, so, what do you do? I feel like you look I'm at it in disgust. I'm also a really bad liar. I can literally I'm also a really, <laughs> oh. I'm also a really oh. bad liar. <laughs> so, like, when I, like, make out, like, not even that I would lie, but if I, like, just, like, fib or, like, try to play, like, a trick on Michael, he's like, oh, I know you're, like, you're lying. Like, I mm. know 100%. I'm just really bad at keeping, like, keeping lies or, like, 
for keeping example, secrets. I wouldn't lie, but keep keeping secrets in the in the sense of like if I'm surprising him and I'm like, okay, let's like I'm really bad at navigating how to make my face normal. Yeah. <laughs> so so um he I think it was like our second year of dating. That was um, a while ago, eh? <laughs> Yeah, years ago. <laughs> and he got me this gift and I he picked it Wait, out. What was it? He what like was it? I'm so went curious. Went to a jewelry st- he it was a bracelet. Okay. And these earrings. It was so sweet. <laughs> like I it was so like sweet, it. but I hated it. <laughs> I mean, I still have the pieces obviously. You I've do? only worn Yeah. I've never Sentimental worn Sentimental values. I've never worn the and i've worn the cackling. bracelet the bracelet oh. the bracelet i actually like but was the it a tennis bracelet like, <laughs> of course you'll wear <laughs> it was um i'm kidding i'm yeah. kidding two years in that's it was a like little, a nice a layering bracelet mm-hmm. made of gold like it was like gold uh braided i don't know it sounds kind of weird but it's actually really nice layered with like a bunch of you know pieces like bracelets and the earrings were just not my thing mm-hmm. so anyway and i was I just couldn't I was like oh thank you so much and then <laughs> did you give him a he kiss he was at so least? scared he was so scared to get me like he's still to this day I traumatized him he's like so scared to get me a gift because he thinks I'm gonna hate it Aww. so like he has to like ask me or he's like okay you just like go out and pick it so I know you like it oh my god and I you're like perfect <laughs> literally yeah no it's great I'm like okay so this year you're gonna get me this that's perfect but then it's also backfired because now (laughs) it's really rare that I get a gift that's a surprise thank god it's not my love language yeah thank god well I mean hopefully he does something fun for you on Sunday we should poke around like throw some ideas at him just be like it'd be fun if you cook for me you know (laughs) it's another day of eating indoors and going for a walk i mean you feel free to eat on your patio but i'm pretty sure it's gonna be cold it's as been hell. so windy <laughs> oh my gosh it was so windy last night that it was i don't know if you remember living in condos in toronto oh, but I like, do. it's like the wind tunnel and you can like hear it in your vents mm-hmm. yeah or in the fans in the washroom i'm like oh what's that and it's literally just the wind. i know at least billy doesn't get scared does he? oh no he's a city guy he's a you city know boy. there's ambulances the alarm was going off yesterday because they were testing it or some shit mm-hmm. and he's just chilling falling Good. asleep Good. <laughs> living his life so let's get into this week's episode um we're gonna stay with the theme of relationships because or stay with the theme of valentine's day because it is you know a lovey holiday and kind of go into relationships because you guys love those episodes um but we normally talk more about like the dating side of things the i don't even know how to categorize it now that i'm trying to say it like for you guys but we normally talk about like the more like fun dating single life sort of thing and now we're gonna kind of turn the tables a bit and discuss more about like long-term relationships our relationships past um and different sort of theories or things that we've heard recently um in relation to relationships and how to how to kind of like i don't know what am i trying to say danielle (laughs) i'm stumbling on all of we're gonna talk about how (laughs) we're gonna talk good try you're in a relationship so i think you take this one (laughs) well no 
I think what you are trying to say is we're going to talk about how to navigate long-term relationships and the difference between like dating life and maybe the things that you might tolerate in dating life versus like the things that are super important in long-term relationships and what you should be looking for and like all of these things that we've kind of been talking about privately that we wanted to have a conversation an open conversation with you guys on the pod yeah there you go that's what I was trying to say um and we'll also dive into don't worry (laughs) thank you we'll also dive into a couple concepts that we've either consumed from podcasts or from books and stuff like that that I found really interesting share with Danielle she found really interesting she found really interesting and then also um, my friend Ginny, who is going to be a guest on our podcast today and kind of dive in a little bit deeper on all those topics um, because she also finds it very interesting. So let's get into it. Um, Perfect. But do you want to take a commercial break and maybe plug in a sponsor while I go get my laptop charger because I'm at 10 percent? Yeah, absolutely. So today Great. we are not sponsored, but we will share a little code for you guys that we have with Kapari. Kapari is... <laughs> This should be a commercial, guys. Kapari sponsor us. Um, Kapari is a coconut oil-based product line. They have amazing products. Um, my favorite is, as always, the Gardenia um, deodorant because it is just really natural and it doesn't add to your smell. I find a lot of natural deodorants add to your smell and to your scent, your natural scent. Um, but this one doesn't. So that's why I love it. And I think Danielle's favorite product um, of theirs is the lip balm, which is like a coconut. It smells so good, actually. It smells like coconuts and it's like really, really glossy. So it's like the most natural lip gloss. You can wear it by itself like a lip balm or you can wear it more as a gloss over lipstick. And I would say our other favorite that we should plug in because it's perfect for Valentine's Day for you to enjoy alone or with your romantic partner um and it is the coconut oil so you can put it all over your body into your body you know what i'm trying to say (laughs) and we have a discount code for you guys which is 20 percent off we'll leave it down below or is it 15 danielle no it's 20 yeah it's 20 um and it's what danielle 20 yeah okay or christina christina 20 um whatever is down below so you guys can just check that out if you're interested and again it is only available for canadian and u.s listeners for now we just wanted to let you guys know that any thoughts and any sort of opinions that we share in today's episode is coming from our personal experiences they are personal opinions um, not professional so if you guys want to seek any professional help or that please send us a dm and we can redirect you to the right type of person Um, so please enjoy the rest of the episode with that in mind Alrighty, so we have Ginny on the podcast, uh, Virginia Levy, sorry, but Ginny to me and to all of you guys, I think. Is that okay? Yeah. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. This is so fun. Yeah. Um, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Um, yeah. So I'm Ginny. I live in London with Christina. Um, we met through mutual friends. I am fascinated by relationships and... Um, therapy and kind of mental health and all those things although I don't have any professional experience I just have um, a lot of personal experience uh, in a really good way and I've really enjoyed the process and I tend to voice note all of my interesting finds to Christina so yeah thanks for having me 
yeah no jenny literally like we just go on all day i think about like different interesting things that we've been listening to well mostly things she's listened to and then shared with me um and then i'm like okay like this is good and we go into deep conversations all day i think like it's always like there's so much substance and depth which is really great um but yeah relationships is a hot topic i think it's a hot topic whether you're in one or whether you're not in one um but i mean we can all kind of i think We've all experienced long-term relationships, I think. You have, I have, Danielle is in one currently. Um, so, I don't know. Should we kind of get into our experiences in long-term relationships? Yeah. I mean, I guess we've all had those experiences. Mm-hmm. I think in relationships, you learn a lot about yourself and you learn a lot about the way that you connect with people. But at least in my own experience, I think I learn most about myself in that kind of recovery process and that breakup process because it's obviously it's so easy to be like f that guy i don't know if you mm-hmm. can swear yeah, oh yeah you can <laughs> we say fuck in our intro so it's fine okay so it's so easy to be like fuck this guy this guy sucks but i don't know if that's the most healthy way of going about it i think it's always better to look in and kind of start to consider why why this relationship didn't work out and how you can improve yourself to then find somebody that you connect with and connect with in a better way because I think uh, it's so easy to think that this is the best love that you'll ever feel and I think it, it sounds a little corny to think that it's you're you will meet someone else but you will it's just matter of time and I think it you really do need to work on yourself in order to then create that space for the next person yeah no I definitely agree I think that that's one of the things that I've loved about this part of my life of being single because I've had the opportunity to it's been like almost four years now um or three years where I've been alone you know like I've obviously dated here and there um but I've been single for all of it and it's really allowed me to dive into like parts of myself and like to feel like I need to like learn how to improve in certain areas because of like maybe some faults that I had in my previous long-term relationship. So everything from like, you know, daily work that I can do through like, I don't know, um, unblocking and like different course. I mean, I don't want to say different courses. There's one course that I'm really into called To Be Magnetic. um, And it helps you go into like your like, past and your inner child and to like uncover certain things and realize why you do certain things um but also to kind of just like understand like yeah how I could be better in my next relationship because I had a fear for the first I had a fear for like the first I guess year after being out of my last long-term my only (laughs) long-term relationship that I was going to bring negative things that were like not working into another relationship and I was like I'm staying away from relationships until I know 100% that I'm like the version I want to be in the next one so after you saying that KP I'm just thinking about yes it's important to continue to grow as a person by yourself but I also think that it depends on the compatibility and who you're with so for example a behavior with somebody that you might not be compatible with can become toxic versus a behavior that might be the same with someone that can de-escalate some of your issues or reactions in a compat like because you're compatible with them 
becomes like a growth for you and your partner in the relationship. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's what makes, that's really what separates strong relationships from weaker relationships is that ability to, to grow together and to work together to improve each other. Because ultimately if, if one of you is moving one direction and the other is moving the opposite, there's no, like you can't support each other kind of on that journey. And I think then that's perhaps when you find that distance in a relationship that could crumble it essentially. Do you think though that say, you know, essentially Danielle, what you're saying is like some people that maybe are the wrong fit are going to bring out like the wrong thing or they won't be able to like, or want to deal with like certain flaws. Whereas like the right person for you will, I'm relating this to my last relationship and um in it like there were like certain things that he thought were like wrong with like the way that I was doing things was not the right way and like it was a way I was programmed because of the way I was raised and the way that I was like used to talking about things but he found them really triggering because he had a completely different upbringing and he just kind of was like oh I can't believe you say that or like do you realize what you're saying like you sound so this or you sound so that and I'm just like oh my god like I didn't but that made me think oh my god like I am so unaware of like how I speak like I don't even think twice about it but it's maybe just because like that's the way I've always been but because he had a completely different perspective he found those things which I think he saw to be like toxic if we want to use that word and it almost like made me feel like I had been like doing something or like acting in a wrong way if that makes sense so I personally think there's a difference between setting boundaries or speaking up on things that might trigger you versus trying to control somebody's thoughts so I think that it's great to bring up something like that, like, hey, maybe look at this perspective. But I think it really comes down to how it's approached. And at the end of the day, not forcing someone to have your thought because it's your thought and you think it's right. So I don't know exactly the situation or if it was just like a specific thing and like it was resolved, but that's something that when you were speaking I was like okay there's a difference between like understanding someone's point of view and then showing someone maybe don't view it that way but like here's other facts that you can consider in order to kind of like either continue to think the same thing or to change your mind but I think if you're trying to say to somebody like I view it this way and that's the right way and you're viewing it that way and that's the wrong way then that's kind of them trying to control the way that you're thinking it wasn't him trying to control me it was really now when I like look back on it it was him trying to make me more self-aware and I think this is part of why I view self-awareness as one of the most valuable things that anyone can have and can develop but in that sense he kind of saw it as like a turnoff almost as like oh this is so unattractive or like something she should work on so when we left our relationship or when I when we got when we stopped dating I kind of saw that as oh like this was something that like he really saw as this so now I need to make sure like I really develop 
away from, you know, maybe say things without thinking to making sure that I don't bring that into another relationship, regardless of what their personality is or like what they value. Yeah. And I think that's kind of that interesting process that happens um, in that breakup period, because you could you could have so easily have just kind of not been self-aware, not recognized uh, perhaps the way that you handled something or the way that they handled something. But I think ultimately having that self-awareness and building it really does just, it brings a better version of yourself into your next relationship or even into your situation ships. Chips. <laughs> Chips. Oh, I wasn't going to plural it, but if you want to plural it, we can. <laughs> I think we all go through situationships throughout life, so we can just consider it that. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Because sometimes, I mean, I think um, I've I have close friends that have been in long-term relationships, and it's easy to, I don't think jealous is the right word, but it's easy to just think like, oh my gosh, how did they meet this person where did this person meet this person that like am I missing something am I unable to find that um but I think that's also a really unhealthy way to look at it too and um I think if you kind of can have that space and enjoy seeing different people at a certain point in your life it can also be really beneficial because then it's pretty easy to learn what you like and what you don't like through experience. Actually, I have a question, Danielle. Seeing as like, I'm thinking like, okay, when she said that, are you like, oh, I resonate? Or are you like, oh, I don't resonate because I've been in one long-term relationship? Well, I mean, what is, what is your conception of what a long-term relationship is? Like anything that's, you know, like, one year is long I think but like seven years is long too so right I think throughout my whole life or not my whole life but like my dating life I've had long-term relationships if you think a year is long term my first boyfriend was like a year and a half my second boyfriend was a year and a half I don't know exactly roughly so all of my relationships I mean seven years is a lot more than a year and a half but um and I never really, I mean, my dating life, let's say, was when I was younger and like we didn't really, we didn't really have, I didn't have apps. I wasn't like into that whole like hookup culture kind of deal that's going on right now. So I never really had situationships. <laughs> but um, like, do you feel like you're like missing out? That's <laughs> basically I what mean, I'm trying to say. <laughs> sometimes, I guess. But at the same time, like, I don't, I don't feel like I would want, I don't know, like, sometimes I feel like, oh, like, that would be fun to like, experience. But at the same time, if I had the choice, like, I have the choice now, and like, I wouldn't want to experience that. But I think it comes back to like, almost even for me, like comparing myself or like viewing other relationships or like other people's dating lives, you don't really know what it's like on either side right so unless you're in it and like if you're happy with your relationship then that's all that matters because like even someone like me looking at like a seven-year relationship like that's a really long time also looking at like 
dating life and how you're like have these situationships mm-hmm. and it's kind of fun and like there's a little drama and like you're texting and like I don't have that like I don't have any drama literally the drama is like what do you want for dinner like that's literally <laughs> the drama I have right now so I don't really relate anymore to those kinds of things and like luckily my boyfriend and I don't really fight that much and if we do fight it's about like stupid stuff that we literally just stop and we're like okay I don't really want to fight right now so I don't really know why we're I'm sure Christina keeps you nice and well informed yes yes it's just funny I think it's good if you're in a long-term relationship and you don't have that drama to have a single friend that does that can tell you all of the juicy details (laughs) Pro tip. Pro tip for everyone. My single friend who gives me all the details. (laughs) Did you say you're single and Christina's still your single friend? (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I'm just having a lot of fun in my life right now. And, you know, I'm really thriving in this new city and just really seizing the moment. (laughs) But I also think for someone like me, it also sounds exhausting like you have fun with it and you're like flirty and all of that but it's like for me like I just don't have time for it like I just I just don't in my mind right now it's like oh my god it seems like so much work I think when it starts to become something that occupies too much space in your mind is when you need to start kind of thinking about okay like is this worth it? Like, if this is not really that, like, serious or that important to me, like, do I need... It turns into drama, and then it's like, do I really need to have this, like, added drama in my life when I have other things I want to focus on? Because at the end of the day, like, for me personally, I'm still very much career-focused, and I'm obviously having a lot more fun um, and, like, being a bit more flexible with my having fun and, like, you know, socializing, I guess you could say. Um, But... I still like have really big like goals and aspirations for myself and like that was like the whole intention with me like moving to a new place so I'm able to have more fun because there's more things to do and more people to meet and all of that but like I wouldn't want it to sacrifice like anything related to my career or my work life if that makes sense. Ginny how is your single experience differ to Christina's? I would say I'm envious of Christina in the sense that she I think is really good at connecting people and connecting with people um, such as like friends and even in more romantic partners. I mean I, I feel very lucky having moved to a city and you have all these friends and I can just like slide right in which is so nice and so rare and I think I see a lot of that in your romantic relationships and even yeah definitely in your friendships as well I'm not really somebody that can kind of see multiple people at once is it okay if I say that yeah okay okay I don't know um you never know they don't all listen it's okay (laughs) (laughs) that's good no but I I think that the way that you kind of can have can make space for multiple people in your life without making them feel compromised in any way shape or form which I I just can't seem to juggle that um whenever I'm in 
whenever I'm kind of seeing someone, I mean, I, I guess the last year has been different. Um, I um, your last long yeah it wasn't even long though it was just <laughs> it was just like fast it, it felt almost as though this kind of relationship like played itself out quite quickly and then I really have spent the last year just trying to and I hate to be like trying to get over it because I don't want to give him that much credit um but I think more just finding out like pieces of me and why I was holding on to this so much I think it I met him at a time in my life when I was really looking for someone like him I was looking to fall in love very hard and kind of go all in move across the world and I did it and it was really really wonderful and really lovely um but ultimately, uh, I think we just, I hate this like term, wanted different things. I think that's such a shitty thing to hear because it's, it's tough because the, the person who's saying that, I mean, clearly they've led the other on to believe that like actions I do think speak louder than words. And I mean, at least from the last year of like I've really kind of put up those boundaries and said um I need like he'd be like do you want to be friends or I want to be friends and I want to support each other in xyz way and I would be like I don't want to be friends I can't be friends with you and then kind of we'd have like we'd we'd talk about it we'd text about it the line would be drawn and then two weeks later a week later whatever he'd come back into my life and because of all that history it was so hard to just let go and then what I've really learned over the last year is you want all the benefits without any of the give of a relationship and um I mean maybe you just don't want a relationship with me which is also quite possible um for me I think we just want different things is such a cop-out because and anyone that says that to you I believe will like end up being someone like this um lovely gentleman like he kind of like wants his cake and eats it too because I but will did explain he say why. that did he he didn't say wait one sec I don't think he's did he are you saying Ginny that like you're saying like I think when I analyze it we wanted different things or that like he specifically said or you specifically said that you wanted different things it, it, it felt very serious we were in love we were telling each other that we loved each other and then it was um but I don't like I just don't feel ready for a relationship this is him saying it not me while I I can understand that I'm like well that's not that's not really how I think um if I'm in love with somebody I do want to be with them. This guy in particular, he came out of a relationship um, a couple months before we met. So I do understand that good thing, bad timing. But again, I do see it as a cop out. But then I think what's good about that experience that you've taken is that now like you know how to engage with other people because of the way that he engaged with you that you didn't receive well. And you're like, well, that's not how you should be treating people 
if you don't want if you don't want to lead them on you know what i mean so tell like now you go into your situationships by saying by the way like i'm not looking for anything serious just so you know so like they have a clear understanding from the get-go and i think that phrase is very selfish like we want different things because of course you want different things but i think it's important to have like macro things or like morals that are very similar and then like you're wh- you're your own person so yeah like we're gonna want different things but the whole point is to love each other and to want to put in the effort to spend time with each other and to continue to date each other and like be in a relationship with each other and that's why i think it's a cop-out is because it's saying that like we want different things and like you don't mean enough to me to like be in my life while we try to do different things that's why i view it that way yeah it's totally that it's like um and it is it's just so selfish um in that sense because i mean to get to that point or at least to the point that me and um, my ex got to we clear like I didn't get onto that page magically. It was it was through this kind of mutual relationship that we were both participating in. His behavior, at least, was inf- like influencing me to then finally put down my foot and say, no, I, I need space. But yeah, I mean, then the next week he'd text me and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy. And then it's it's this really vicious cycle that can get dragged out for so long and it's not fair but I think a lot of people experience things like that it's really hard to take yourself out of the situation and like view it as a third party when you're in something like that very challenging um, especially because you perceive it or your perception of it is one-sided so you're not like seeing the full picture and you're seeing what you want to see out of the full picture until you're kind of like out of it and over it and then you're like what the fuck was I thinking I think in any relationship like one person always you know cares a little bit more than the other and I think in your specific situation like it's obviously shitty because he maybe wasn't in a place to want a relationship or to like want to call it a relationship but you had developed emotions which is natural um, because you spent, you know, extended periods of time together and you definitely probably got like more vulnerable with one another and all of that. But then I think when you end up like cutting things off, one person is always like more chill to like be friends. And then there's one person who's like always less cool with it. And I think depending on the relationship, like the person who's less cool with it will either voice it or or they won't. And some advice that I've heard is like been very successful in getting over someone is, honestly just cutting them off right away um and that's like the best way to deal with it because down the line if you know you if you had a great relationship you will be friends again and um I mean potentially um but like you'll be civil and the only way to really get over them is to like not have any sort of association with them or any sort of reminders while you're going through that period of healing so I think that moving forward I think if it's not a friend that you've had before and if it's like a really deep emotional relationship then yeah I think the best way would be to really just cut all ties because it's the only way that you're going to be able to like fully heal and then not be guarded towards you know potential other people or other opportunities that might be better for you that could walk into your life you had told me that with your ex he he did kind of cut 
that off and create that space eventually yeah which I think it's it's something that's really really difficult to do and definitely to receive if I were in a situation I think I would much rather somebody just I don't know like block me on everything um and kind of force that separation upon me because it's so 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 tough to um draw the line and hold it hold it firm when somebody comes forward and at least in my own situation um my ex I had I had been the one to finally draw that line and my ex would keep coming back and then obviously I would let that seat back in and then I would draw the line and he would come back the more I talk about it and the more I have thought about it really over the last year it's it seems so trivial like it it sounds so much easier said than done but it's so so tough I think it would be even the same to kind of dump a best friend if they did something to you and um it just sucks but Mm -hmm. It's so weird to think about how you were in a relationship with someone and like knew everything about them, spent basically all of your time with them or most of your time with them, and then you just kind of like cut them out. And listening to you guys speak about that, like I just realized how maybe much of like cold-hearted I am because I never like once it was done, it was done. Like I've never talked to them ever again. But like look, looking back, that's such a weird concept to think about. It's like you literally were with that person. You knew everything about them. And then like one day you broke up and then you're just like, OK, that's it. Um, so let's get into picking your partners, because I think it's really interesting, like how we decide to pick the kind of partners that we end up being with, you know, whether it's long term or short term. Everyone's attracted to something and someone different um and it's interesting when you kind of try and dive into like why you know why you're attracted to certain people and like what it is that draws you to them so for me personally like my first relationship I was really attracted to someone who carried a lot of qualities that were familiar to me because of my my parental figure my dad so my ex had a lot of similar traits to like my dad in like the way that he carried himself and the way that he dealt with his emotions uh, and the way that he communicated and Ginny introduced a sort of theory um to me and to Danielle um called Imago theory um which really interestingly described why you're attracted to people that might remind you of certain parental figures but not even just that it's more like why don't you give like a kind of definition to the audience so Imago theory is it comes from a book written by Harville Hendricks and his wife um, called getting the love you want and it's uh, it's a it's based in therapy he's a therapist and so is his wife and I think he runs kind of workshops around the states it's a really really famous book but it's based in this idea that when you're a baby and in those really formative years, you experience these um, micro traumas that then create neural pathways in your brain that as you grow up and you start to search for a romantic partner um, to spend time with, that person, um, that those kind of familiar feelings that you feel when you meet a person that you're attracted to for one way or another embodies 
certain traits that you were exposed to when you were an infant and in those formative years and the idea is that you experience those micro traumas as a baby and then in your romantic relationship as an adult you're supposed to work through those traumas to then reach a I guess point of comfort together and I think that really can ring true in a lot of people's relationships the part that I found so interesting that I was telling Christina when I was recommended this book by my therapist was that um, when you meet somebody you that kind of familiarity and that sense of closeness that you associate with a romantic partner and um, the difference between kind of I, I guess mingling at a party in a pre-covid day that you might meet someone and be like oh that that person was nice or you might kind of share a conversation with somebody that really kind of left you with a lot of uh just thoughts as to oh my gosh like I I really hit it off with that guy last night or I um that was kind of just this person lingers in your mind and what Imago theory suggests is that that person is expressing certain qualities that you were exposed to in those formative years that then your kind of survival brain read this person as somebody that's familiar somebody that's safe and somebody that you can work through those micro traumas with and so yeah I definitely identified with that when I was like when I was looking into or listening to the book because I'm currently listening to it um because of how I perceived like my relationship with my ex and like how much it aligned and I think I also think I don't know if it's the same thing it sounds very much in the same lines as like when someone's your twin flame which is like a deeper soul connection which is what we had and like we felt like we kind of like knew each other before and I know people say that but like I'm I'm serious (laughs) um but a twin flame also like the definition of that is a sort of partnership not necessarily about love but about like growth and about stimulating or kind of igniting something within that other person in that partner um to make you grow and heal um so I think it's kind of similar I don't know did you find any like did have they spoken about that yet like because I haven't finished the book yet but I know you've gone like a bit deeper into it than than I have he uses an example of this uh couple uh one of them burns toast in the toaster which sounds very trivial and then the partner gets pretty frustrated and snaps and just kind of loses his temper in your brain if somebody snaps at you and this could apply to uh, friendships and romantic relationships but your brain automatically perceives perceives it as a threat similar to the way that your brain would perceive a threat when a tiger or a lion would be chasing you and you start to become defensive and your body really goes into that fight or flight mode so it's really quick to kind of snap back at your partner who's like I can't believe you burned the toast again and you could just be like well fuck make it yourself but what Harville Hendrick suggests doing is to come at it with a like a problem solving approach that instead of being like oh and getting frustrated and storming off you should be like 
oh, well, why don't we bring the toaster into the living room while we're sitting in the living room so we don't um, burn it next time? Really kind of see how their reaction actually came out because often we react so quickly before we even think about the words that we're saying and the tone and it's it's not really going to solve the problem at all yeah and it's never about the toast it's never about the situation or that is happening in the moment it's always tied to something else something deeper and I find that in my personal experience as well like if I snap at my mom it's not because she like said something to me in the morning it's because like I have something like programmed that I need to reprogram from a previous experience Danielle do you think in your personal you know your relationship or any past relationship that you've been kind of attracted to someone based on this when I think for me I can be attracted to someone right away but then I don't necessarily find them attractive after that if that makes sense so for me it's like initial I could see someone and be like oh you're attractive but for me it's more than just that like I need to actually have a conversation with you and like develop feelings over time like even when I was dating my boyfriend like he even jokes about it like six months in he like wasn't sure if I liked him or not because I'm just like very like piece by piece with my relationships not that I'm you know trying to be that way but I just think I'm like very um, careful with my relationships because I'm the type of person that puts like full trust into people until trust is broken and then for me like that kind of breaks it and it ends it um but thinking about how you were talking about your responses to the toast that to me is kind of relatable because I feel like unless I stop to think about my reaction I can get very snippy with my reactions to things that or say things similar how you were like well then make the toast yourself like that would be something that I would naturally <laughs> like, say. That's me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's something that I would naturally say. So unless I'd stop to think about it and I'm like, okay, whatever, just brush it off. But that's super relatable because I can like But do you think it's because like can you draw any parallels from like experiences you had in your past to like things that might be brought up in your relationship with your current partner? And like maybe you're like oh like if i worked on that maybe we could you know reprogram so i don't act so reactive in that sense or, or do you think maybe well it's i i don't know if it's actually something that actually i don't know if it's something that happened but i know it's because of my perfectionism and like my criticism of myself so like i know that i'm very much a perfectionist and like i'm very much expect high standards of myself so then it kind of like can project on the people who are around me or that I love so I can get very like because I'm critical of the things that I do and like of myself then I can become critical of like the people around me so I kind of know that and I'm aware of that but I can't I don't really know or like haven't really thought too much about like microaggression or not microaggressions micro traumas <laughs> um and like things that have happened in my past relationships so much so it's just this idea that um and maybe even if it works as a theory to kind of help some people find comfort in 
why their relationship isn't working. I mean, theories largely are developed to kind of solve an issue. So I, I think it's at least from where I guess my own thought, it seems like an interesting way to then work through conflict with your partner. But ultimately, if, if you don't have those kind of big, deep-rooted issues, that could just be also a sign of a really healthy relationship as well. I think for me personally, I because I am so on the like perfectionist side of things, I need someone that's like super easygoing. So it kind of balances me out. And my boyfriend is so so chill chill and easygoing. (laughs) And like, am I your other so chill (laughs) half? He's just like, (laughs) go with the flow. (laughs) But then, but then sometimes I get annoyed because I'll give you an example. So yes, I need someone that's super easygoing, but sometimes I just want someone to plan something. And because he doesn't want to like disappoint me and like plan the wrong thing, for example, this is super trivial, but it's like, where do you want to go for dinner? Like, I don't know. You decide. I don't know. You decide. I don't know. You decide. I'm like, no, can you just pick it? Because I don't want to have that burden or that like thought process. I'm just like not in the mood to plan and reserve. So if I express that to him, he'll be like, okay, I understand that. But it's sometimes like hard in that sense. And that's like one thing I can say as like a negative of also having someone that's very easygoing because sometimes I just want the control to be like with the other person and they just deal with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you're so used to playing that role, exactly. right? So I think then he also is used to you playing that role. So when you kind of decide to flip it around, he's like, oh, what? Um, and kind of like takes him by surprise. Um, but on, on the topic of decisiveness, I think that's just like a super attractive trait in general. So I think that's why everyone is like down if like the other person makes a decision or takes the lead. And this goes into one of my situationships. Like we love we love how decisive, you know, a guy can be or a girl, but because it's just like they take the lead and you're like, oh, like it's not like controlling, but it's like they're taking a stand. Like it's really it's really attractive. Um, we'll get into one last thing with you guys, and that's just the topic of compromise in relationships, um, which is obviously very prevalent in long-term relationships as well as short-term, um, and in dating, I would say actually, but this all kind of got brought to our attention because we listened to a podcast. Yeah, so the podcast is called Millennial Love, and the episode was called Falling in Love in Your 30s. Um, by a um, journalist, yeah, by by London-based journalist named Camille Chari. Chari, guys. <laughs> anyway, that's not the point. The point is the topic of the episode um, that they talked about. But yeah, they discussed compromise in relationships, and I think traditionally we think that compromise in relationships is like super important. Um, and I think it is, you know, to a degree. And I think it's really interesting to hear because you always, yeah, hear that compromise is very important. And as much as it is important, um, not necessarily agreeing with and wanting to do the same things all the time and seeing how that's actually, you know, unique and adds a different layer to the relationship. It might be adding a layer of 
you know, difficulty or something you need to work through because say, you know, say if you don't like to go to vacation to the same place, you know, one person likes to ski and the other person likes to lie on the beach and tan or one person likes to golf and the other person likes to go mountain climbing. Like obviously you have to figure out a way to make like what your passions are and like what you like and or love um, work together in some way, shape or form. But I don't know, maybe Danielle, do you have a thought on this? I don't really know how to dive into it right now. For me, I think it's most important to obviously do what's right for you in the relationship and not look to society or outwards or to other relationships to see what's right for you. Because at the end of the day, if you're okay with it, then that's all that should matter. But at the same time, I think if you... I I like the idea of compromise because... I think if you it's kind of like an, a level of selflessness yeah That's and it's like, like okay you it. compromise with me one time I compromise with you the other time I think it's just the understanding of like okay I I I respect you and like I'm just gonna go along with it this time but then knowing like the next time I'll kind of have my chance or if you want to like using the vacation example as an example like if you want to go on separate vacations with your girlfriends and like go to different cities or places see different things like you said skiing versus the sun then like okay you can have those times apart but then making a priority of spending also those another time together or doing something that you both can do together that strengthens your relationship um that's just my view on it Yeah. So I think that's enough relationship talk yeah, for today. It's been exhausting. Um, it's because you really have to like di- you. What I like about talk, <sighs> I can't speak. <laughs> what I like about having conversations like this and talking about things like relationships that we can relate to on a personal level is that we kind of have to dive a bit deeper because we can really relate our personal experiences with it so i think that's why it's a little bit more emotionally exhausting and draining um but whether or not that got you guys into the valentine's day mood we hope you enjoyed today's episode Ginny, thank you for being on thank you so much for having me i'm so sorry about my squeaky voice um enjoy it (laughs) thank you guys for listening (laughs) and we will see you next week for a new episode of the pod yeah we'll see you guys then